After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Come and go 
I saw the old men die, the children grow. But never in a century did I miss my turn once, or the fathers they had left me with their sons. But the hatred from the west came to Kiev. They rounded up the Jews who had not fled, but Moshe the Shamus, he was brave and he was bold. He hid me in his cellar, dark and cold. And for years and years I waited all alone for the people of my town to take me home. And they'd sing and dance and hold me high when they carried me away to my little wooden shul where I would stay. But it was someone else who found my hiding place, and to America he sent me in a crate. And the men who took me off the boat, they said I was a prize, but they were Jews I did not recognize. And in a case of glass, they put me on display, where visitors would look at me and say, "How very nice! How beautiful!" A stunning work of art, but they knew not what was inside my heart. And across the room, I saw upon the shelf some old friends of mine who lived back in Kiev. A silver pair of candlesticks, a menorah made of brass. We'd all become mere echoes of the past. So if you hear my voice, why don't you come along and take me to the place where I belong? And maybe even sing and dance when you carry me away to some little wooden shoe. Where I could stay, and as the rabbi holds me close against his chest, he'll speak out loud and clear to all the rest. He'll say, no matter if you're very young or even if you're old, live by the words you'll find inside this scroll. Live by the words you'll find inside my
In the AM. Good morning and welcome to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and of course on the uh, NSN app where people can comment, and already some people have commented this morning. Uh, you can comment right there on the uh, on the uh, on the app, and uh, we welcome that. It, it's Tuesday on this May tenth, day two in the month of ER, the year five seven seven six. Tufshani and Vov. Today is day seventeen in the counting of the Omer. Day seventeen. That's two weeks and three days. You forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. Fifty one degrees outside with forty one percent humidity. Winds are north at eight miles per hour. Today's forecast, cloudy with a high of 61. Tonight, mostly clear, low 49. Tomorrow, partly sunny and a high temperature, 73 degrees. We're at 76 right now in Yerushalayim. 
51 here in Jersey City as we say good morning at the JM and the AM. Yeshiva League Sports Update coming up. That's about 45 minutes from now with Elliot Weiselberg. He'll have a Yeshiva League Sports Update. Uh, Rabbi Kenny Brander is going to be with us in studio from up at Yeshiva University. I am told he's bringing some uh, students with him this morning, which is always fun and nice and great to hear what's happening on the campus and all the different things that are going on. So we'll talk about that here at JM and the AM. And uh, Ruchama Klapman is going to be uh, checking in from Mask. We'll speak with her about um, what is going on in this amazing world of ours. There's a lot to talk about, that's for sure. Uh, you heard the um, Jordan and Adam selection, Ure Vanim, Avinu, done by the Chabad Choir off of Hisvadus Hasidus. Kolachai with Nar Hayiti, one of the very first a cappella selections that became part of the uh, regular rotation here at JM in the AM. And boy, oh boy, that's a long time ago already. Donnie Gross with Ahavas. You heard the Maccabees and Osa Shalom. Journeys with the place where I belong and Regesh with Modani opening things up here on a Tuesday morning broadcast. We slow things down during Sphira here at JM in the AM. That has been the custom during the middle part of Sphira. So we have a mix of, uh, of uh, some of the uh, slower, more meaningful selections, uh, if you will. And, of course, a cappella selections as well uh, that's how it works here and I think that it's a good way to uh, mark this period of time the middle part of Sphira tomorrow we mark Israel Memorial Day tomorrow at some point in the early part of the program we will uh, play the siren from Israel that um, pierces the the uh, st- the entire state uh, for Israel Memorial Day we'll have our own Memorial Day Yom Zikaron commemoration here at JM in the AM. Special guests in studio and plenty more. And then Thursday we get to celebrate Yom Ha'atzmaut together. Thursday is the 68th birthday of the State of Israel. And we get to celebrate together right here at JM in the AM. So make sure you're tuned in for all of the special programming as we go through this week. A uh, lot happening and um, plenty that will... Remind everybody of the importance of these couple of days coming up, and we're proud to present them to you here at JM in the AM. More coming up now at 25 minutes before 7 o'clock at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 FM, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org, and of course on the NSN app.
when the others came so gently, as peaceful as a dove, they stirred something inside of you. They only spoke of love, but your mind cried out, "What of history? The hatred to my race." And you knew then you still had not found your place. What you're looking for is right there at your door. Believe me when I tell you, friend, you couldn't ask for more. What your heart has known is that there is no place like home. So come on back, or you'll never be. Despairing and confused, it traveled far and wide. But you passed through one small country where you started feeling pride. So you found a place to study what you thought was ancient law, and you wished you'd learned about it all before. Journeys and no place like home. 20 minutes before 7 o'clock. A peaceful morning stroll by a group of elderly Jewish women on a promenade overlooking sweeping vistas of Jerusalem quickly devolved into a bloody nightmare when two young mass terrorists stalked and stabbed two of the octogenarians in their backs. At approximately 8.30 in the morning, police said five women, all in their 80s, were walking together on Armon Hanitziv's famous Haas Promenade overlooking the capital before being abruptly attacked from behind by the suspects. The two terrorists stabbed them in the back multiple times, both in the upper body, and fled the scene toward the adjacent neighborhood of Jabel Mukaber. Police and emergency units rushed to the scene and gave immediate medical assistance before transferring both women to Shari Tzedek in moderate conditions. While a forensic team searched the area, police immediately set up roadblocks in the area. About an hour later, police said, 
that the police tracked both suspects and placed them under arrest. Shlomo Tedji, a uh, MDA medic, described the scene. In an area adjacent to the promenade, we saw two approximately 80-year-old elderly women lying in the dirt. They were fully conscious and suffering from stab wounds, one in the extremities in her upper body and the second in her upper body. We gave them first aid, evacuated them to the hospital in moderate and stable condition. Shortly after the attack, Shari Tzedek Medical Center spokeswoman Shoham Ruvio said both victims are in stable condition and expected to survive. One is 86 stabbed three times in intensive care. The second is 82, stabbed multiple times in the Department for Heart Surgery. She doesn't need surgery. It's being closely monitored due to a pre-existing heart condition. So that is what happened uh, today. Jerusalem Post article bringing us the, um, the latest news. The... Um, I saw a, a post from uh, Josh Haston, who had joined us a few weeks back, about his experience being attacked just outside the checkpoint near the Gush in Israel. And he posted this morning a picture of his uh, window of his car uh, smashed by a rock as he again has um, become the victim of an attack. That was uh, earlier today on uh, Facebook. That he posted that, and um, it, it it helps us uh, it helps us remember and helps us uh, consider as um, we continue to read, and I believe accurately so, that these attacks are uh, are waning in terms of numbers, uh, but nonetheless, um, our brothers and sisters continue to be in a difficult situation at times. Not very often, thank God, but uh, these things are happening. And it's something certainly to keep in mind. The sacrifice of being in the Holy Land. Speaking of sacrifice in the Holy Land, the uh, Israel Memorial Day program uh, begins tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Make sure to join us for the appropriate uh, music and conversation as uh, we discuss the importance of remembering those who have given their lives for the state of Israel. Those soldiers, those terror victims who have given their lives over the last 68 years. Tomorrow night begins Yom Ma'ut, this year on the 4th of ER. Yom Ma'ut, Israel's Independence Day celebration, commemorates the 68th birthday of the State of Israel. We'll be here on Thursday with Mayor Weingarten between 6 and 9 a.m. to celebrate, and I certainly hope you'll be with us. We look forward to the celebration each and every year and to your input into the celebration. So we certainly hope you'll join us. And I wanted to mention, by the way, speaking of Facebook, I saw some of these photos posted earlier today. We are, we are eight days away from the JEC 75th anniversary dinner. It's happening on Wednesday, May the 18th at MetLife Stadium. And um, someone had posted, uh, I saw this a few hours ago, um, some of the photos that have been coming in commemorating, or I should say uh, adding to the 75-year legacy of JEC in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Photos that people have just been finding and then sending in to, um, to again, to uh, remember and to, uh, and to commemorate 75 incredible years. Um, if you have an opportunity, the, um, the JEC has a Facebook page, The Jewish Educational Center, The Jewish Educational Center, and some of those photos are up there, and they are just remarkable. I mean, there are some <laughs> incredible memories that will uh, 
that will really bring people back to different periods of time over the last seven and a half decades. So call a vote to those who are coordinating that and continued success to JEC as they embark on the big 75th anniversary dinner coming up on the 18th of May, a week from tomorrow. More coming up here, acapella style. This is JM in the AM.
with some of the a cappella selections for the middle part of Sphira format. Avinu Malkeno done by Bitachon. You heard Avarachamim from the Hasidic Treasures. Barry Weber had Bain HaOlam. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and of course on the NSN app. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Tuesday follows next. We say Boker Toe from JMNAM. Galitzal, Ashtayim, Khan Shibel Karmi Mansour, in Mashakore Akshav. כוחות הביטחון עצרו נער פלסטיני, פעיל הזרוע הצבאית של חמאס בעזה, שחשף בחקירתו מידע רב על מערך המנהרות של הארגון. כך הותר בצהריים לפרסום. כתבנו יונתן בניה. בחקירתו בשב"כ סיפר הקטין כי ביצע פעילות צבאית ענפה שכללה בין היתר מערבים ותצפיות לכוחות צה"ל והחפירת מנהרות. עוד עלה בחקירה מידע נרחב לגבי תוואי המנהרות, מיקומים של פירים רבים בשטח הרצועה, וכן פרטים אודות שיטות העבודה של החופרים. הקטין שנעצר לפני כחודש בעת שהסתנן לישראל נמנע עם שורת פעילים הנחקרים בעת הנוכחית בשב"כ, ומוסרים מידע פנימי ועדכני אודות פעילות חמאס בחפירת המנהרות. ראש הממשלה נתניהו מגלה שישראל איימה לשלוח כוח של צה"ל לפעולה במצרים כדי לחלץ את אנשי משרד החוץ הנצורים בקהיר במהלך אירוע תקיפת השגרירות בספטמבר 2011. בנאומו בטקס לזכר נופלי שירות החוץ אמר היום נתניהו הפעלנו באותו הערב את כל הכלים העומדים לרשותנו לרבות איום בפעולת חילוץ של צה"ל דבר שהכריע את הכף והביא את הכוחות המצרים, אז תחת שלטון האחים המוסלמים, להביא לסיום מוצלח של האירוע. יעל וייסמן, אלמנתו של ינאי וייסמן, זכרו לברכה, לוחם הנחל שהסתער בידיים חשופות על המחבלים בפיגוע הדקירה בסניף רמי לוי ונרצח, מגיבה על החלטת הרמטכ"ל מהיום להעניק לו צל"ש. יעל דן שוחחה איתה לפני שעה קלה. 
הכל קרה ממש בשניות, כבר נטרלו את המחבלים והצליחו להשתלט עליהם. אם ינאי לא היה עוצר את המחבלים ממש בשניות האלו, היו שם ילדים, היו שם המון אנשים שהיו בלי נשק, והם היו מטרים ספורים מהנתקלה הראשון. אם ינאי לא היה עוצר אותם, אז זה יכל פשוט להיגמר אחרת. הקרב על תחליפי החלב, מנהל טכנולוגיות המזון בארגון הבריאות העולמי, לארי גרמר סטרון, ענה בריאיון לכתבתנו יערה שפירא לטענות ארגוני הנשים, שלפיהן ההנחיות החדשות שפורסמו אתמול פוגעות בציבור המניקות. We know that many women have difficulty with breastfeeding um, for social reasons as well as physical reasons. But I don't think that this is anything that is picking on women by any means. Um, it's really just recognizing uh, what is uh, normal and natural, and we want to protect that uh, for the, the health of mothers and babies. אנחנו יודעים שיש להרבה נשים קושי עם הנקה מסיבות חברתיות וגם מסיבות פיזיות, אבל זה לא עניין של להתעמר בהן, אלא לזהות מה נורמלי וטבעי ולהגן עליו בשביל הבריאות של האימהות והתינוקות, כך הבכיר בארגון. התחזית מחר ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות ובחמישי התחממות. ולסיום, בבית הנשיא בירושלים נערכה בצהריים החזרה הגנרלית לטקס החיילים המצטיינים שיערך מחרתיים ביום העצמאות. כתבנו עמוס מוהר שמע שם את הנשיא ריבלין. היכולת שלנו להבין שכל יכולתנו תלויה בצבא ההגנה לישראל נותנת לנו את הביטחון שאנחנו נמצאים בידיים מעולות ומצוינות. אתם הנפלאים ביותר, ואני רואה פה מציינים מכל שורות צה"ל. אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר. JM in the AM, news from Israel, and of course we'll be concentrating a lot on what's happening in Israel over the next couple of days. Yom HaZikaron, Israel Memorial Day is tomorrow. Yom HaTzmut, the 68th birthday celebration of the state of Israel. Uh, the celebration takes place with me and Mayor Weingarten in studio this coming Thursday morning between 6 and 9 a.m. I certainly hope you'll join us as we transition from uh, Memorial Day on Wednesday to the big celebration, Israel's 68th birthday on Thursday. It is always an amazing uh, couple of days here at JM in the AM. Make sure you are tuned in. Tuesday morning on this 17th day in the counting of the Omer, two weeks and three days. We mentioned yesterday there is an election in uh, Teaneck, New Jersey today. And, of course, uh, many people in the Teaneck, New Jersey are JM in the AM listeners. We remind you to get out there and vote. The polls are already open. They'll be open until 8 p.m. tonight. And Steve Gruber is here in our studio on a JM in the AM Tuesday morning. Steve Gruber, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. It's a pleasure to be here. And what is your history when it comes to uh, government in Teaneck, New Jersey? Is this uh, something you're pursuing for the first time, or you've been able well, to uh, been, be part of it already? Well, I would say that I'm a new candidate. I'm uh, going up against the incumbents. I look at Teaneck over the last couple of years, and Teaneck, first of all, is a great town. I mean, we have, uh, diver- sure. we have diversity. We have many different programs. You know, the council, I will say everybody on the council and everybody who's running are good people, well-intentioned, everybody is positive, and I think it's time for a change in TNAC, though. I, I look at the people who are currently in office, <coughs> and they lack the financial experience and uh, abilities to look at the books. Basically, we have uh, financial mismanagement, and we need to evaluate our expenses over the last... Seven years taxes have increased 26 percent. 
double the rate of inflation. Our town debt has moved from 10 million to 32 million. This is hard on the taxpayer. This affects the future of our town. Now, I have little children who are three, four years old, and I plan to live in Teaneck for a very long time. I don't plan to move or go anywhere. And, uh, you know, I worry about their future. I worry about who's going to move in, the infrastructure. I mean, you know, development is great, and there's a lot of developments coming. But when you look at development, you have to know what are the expenses associated with them. It's kind of like reading the newspaper and saying, Nick scored 100 points. Well, did they win? Or did they lose? Somebody tell me about how the other team did. So nobody says to me about what the expenses are with these developments and other things. But I think we have work to go, and I think together the new council could do it. But the most important thing, I think everybody has to go out and do their civic duty and vote. Steve Gruber is here. Uh, some of the problems, or actually say the, the problem you're describing or the situation you're describing is faced by God knows how many thousands of cities around this country at this time what is the what solution are you bringing to the table or proposal you bring to the table that's going to you know alter the situation well for starters me personally i'm an actuary so i look at financial expenses and budgets and forecasting you know in my job in my everyday job so i kind of started going to council meetings about a year ago and I was listening to what was going on, and I understand everybody is well-intentioned and means well. However, they lack the financial expertise to look at things, you know, efficiently, do analysis about every venture, about every project that is coming. You can't look at something in a fishbowl and say, like, oh, we're going to make a uh, million dollars. But what's the expenses with it? Right. I mean, we really need to look at a full picture. We really need to understand you know, when you look at uh, union, con you know, salaries and stuff like that, oh, we can't, we're tied to union contracts, we can't do anything. Just by saying that, you've accepted defeat. I go, you have to look at everything. You have to open up everything and discuss and see what can be done. What I has mean, the reaction been to your campaign so far? Pretty positive. I think people have been listening to the message I've been saying. I mean, like people, I would say people who are fully aware of what's going on in town are strongly supporting me. The problem is is 10% of people are fully aware of what's going on. It's the other 90% whether they go to vote or don't vote. But I will say to people is go vote. Don't vote for the people you know. Vote for the people you think will do the best job. I will say that I have a best friend who, you know, is a brain surgeon, and he's like the smartest guy on earth, and he's the nicest guy on earth. But I wouldn't have them do my tax returns. <laughs> it's kind of about you want the right people in the right positions doing the right job. You know, How long have you lived in Teaneck? I live in Teaneck for four years. Oh, very good. Steve Gruber is here. Election day in Teaneck, New Jersey. An election that certainly, uh, as we've found out, is uh, a very important one. Polls will be open until 8 o'clock tonight. Anything else you want to add and tell our audience? Yes. Yeah, so uh, bottom line I'm going to say is that... Uh, if you feel that you're better off now than four or eight years ago, vote for the incumbent. If you feel you need a change and you are not better off than you were four or eight years ago, there's qualified challengers out there. I would say suggest the, you know voting for them. It's time for a change. But you, the voters, have to decide. And the only way you get to decide is get out there and go vote. Do your civic duty. And make the town proud. Let's have a high voter turnout instead of uh, the usual low numbers. Based on the word on the street, are you getting that impression that it's going to be a big turnout? I think the turnout is bigger than usual, 
but probably still 25-30% of the Wow, that, that, sounds, that sounds high for an election this size, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not thinking, uh, I understand that you're, you're correct, it's low. It but is low. sometimes you see these municipal elections and boy, <laughs> you get single digits in terms of a response. All right, so we'll see what happens. Maybe the 25-30% will now be a little larger as people are encouraged to vote. Teaneck, New Jersey, today's election day. The polls are open until 8 o'clock. Steve Gruber, you and all the candidates, good luck to you. And I appreciate you stopping by. Thank you very much, Nachum. Always a pleasure to hear you on the radio, and thank you for letting me come and uh, sit in on your show. Thank you. I appreciate that. 11 minutes after 7 o'clock. More coming up. You're listening to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and, of course, on the NSN app. Please don't mourn me 
J.M. in the A.M. That's uh, the Y Studs with Bill Vovey before that journeys in conversation in the womb here on a J.M. in the A.M. Tuesday morning. 17th day in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. It's day 17. Cloudy skies, high 61. We're at 76 in Yerushalayim. We're at 51 here right now in Jersey City as we say good morning at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, Yeshiva League sports update. i got to commend Elliot Weiselberg. It's already the month of May, and he is continuing to report every single Tuesday for us on the Yeshiva League sports, even after hockey and basketball seasons. I thank Elliot Weiselberg for his incredible devotion and dedication. I'm sure the fans and students and rabbis and teachers and faculty members and principals and parents, I'm sure they appreciate it as well. Our Yeshiva League Sports Update, Tuesdays at 7.20, right here at JM in the AM. Here's Elliot Weiselberg. Thanks, Nachum. Don't look now, boys and girls, but there are only 20 or so more school days left on the calendar. This week will mark the end of the regular season for all indoor sports, with all but a handful of outdoor sporting contests slated for early next week to wrap those leagues up as well. We'll give you the scoop on where everything stands on this edition of the Tuesday morning JM in the AM Sports Update. Good morning, I'm Elliot Weiselberg. While boys varsity softball still has about a week left on its calendar, several teams remain undefeated, but only one is sure that it will finish the regular season with a bagel in the loss column, and they are the Frisch Cougars. The Cougars capped off a perfect 8-0 regular season this past week with a 10-3 win over TABC and a blanking of MTA last night 10-0. Frisch and MTA are the only two teams who have finished their season, so for now, with more than 20 games left on the schedule, the Western Division champs can sit back and watch the chaos unfold, as 12 other teams still have a shot at a postseason berth. Boys' JV softball finds himself in a similar scenario. YDE and Hillel are both still undefeated, but both still have half their schedule yet to be played. Meanwhile, in girls' hockey... North Shore defeated Hank 2-0 last week to clinch the final East playoff berth. Also, with Kushner's 1-0 win over Frisch last night, all teams now know whether they will be traveling or hosting a first-round game. Kushner and Heschel will square off this Thursday night, with the winner taking the top seed in the West, the loser the two. Mayanote gets the three, and defending champion Frisch slips in at number four. In the East, SAR and Hafter will play tonight, with Hafter currently in the driver's seat, needing only a point to clinch the East. Central and North Shore each have one game remaining to help determine the East 3 and 4. Moving over to volleyball, where the defending champions are undefeated no more. The Ramaz Rams flirted with hitting the loss column, being taken by opponents to five games in three of the four contests that they played, but always managing to come out clean. Last night, however, the Rams finally met their match, taking it on the chin at the hands of the SAR Sting. SAR opened up the match, winning the first game 21-10 before the Rams found their footing and evened it up at 1-1, winning the second game 21-15. In the third match, though, SAR once again dominated 21-10 to put the Rams on the brink. The fourth game would go to extras, where the Sting would ultimately come out on top 23-21 to hand Ramaz their first loss of the season, keep the Sting undefeated, and lock up the regular season crown for SAR. Ramaz will look to bounce back tonight against Hafter, while SAR finishes up their season on Sunday against Frisch. Moving over to soccer, in girls' varsity, the playoffs are all set. Western Division champs SAR will play West No. 4 Hillel, while Maya Note will play Kushner. 
In the East, undefeated Central will host Hafter, and North Shore will square off against number three Ramaz. In boys' varsity, TABC avenges a mid-season loss to Frisch 4 nothing to climb back from the brink and clinch the final automatic qualification spot in the West, as Frisch drops both its games last week, losing first to JEC 3-2, making the game against TABC a playoff game for both sides. With the win, TABC will now have a chance to defend its crown, while Frisch and JEC are on the outside looking in, now both at 3-4-1. and one. Next week, I will be in studio to discuss the 2016 Martin Weisleberg Memorial Tournament. We are now almost 10 days away, and raffle tickets and donations are already pouring in. For more information, to purchase tickets, or to donate, please go to www.mwtournament.com. And that was your Tuesday morning jam in the AM Sports Update. I'm Elliot Weiselberg.
p.m. in the a.m. Tuesday morning, it's a.k.a. Pella with Eitz Chaim. Uh, before that, Yeshiva League Sports Update. And yes, next week, Elliot Weiselberg will join us. We'll talk about the Martin Weiselberg Memorial Hockey Tournament coming up. want to, uh, again, acknowledge the Jewish Educational Center's um, Facebook page. JEC Facebook page. Uh, we're eight days away from the 75th anniversary celebration for JEC. Mazal tov to everybody that has anything to do with JEC. And they have uh, put up some amazing, amazing photos on that Facebook page of the last 75 years. you got to check it out. They really have some incredible photos there. Uh, you can check that out on Facebook. Day 17, the counting of the Omer, two weeks and three days. Reminder, Mizrahi on the Lower East Side has the uh, Yom Hatzmud commemoration tomorrow night, 8 o'clock for Tfilat Arvit Baruach Chagigit. Rab Muchnik of Manigut Yudit is going to join uh, the synagogue and uh, present after Tfilat tomorrow night, followed by a collation in honor of Yom Ha'atzma'ut. That's happening tomorrow night, start, all starting at 8 o'clock, 249 East Broadway, on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. I noticed on our community calendar, if you go to the community calendar section of jmnam.org, Yeshiva Flatbush has posted their Yom Ha'atzma'ut celebration happening at the uh, Joel Braverman High School on the Gindi campus. That happens, um, that happens, uh, on Wednesday night, starting at 7.45. Tomorrow night, starting at 7.45. And you can check that out. You'll see that on our uh, on our community calendar. Also, as we said yesterday, Lamdenu for the ladies in Natinek, New Jersey, and people coming from far and wide to be part of it. They're having a Tvilach HaGigit on Thursday morning, starting at 9 a.m., followed by a brunch, Shira, live music, Divrei Torah, Male short films, and a collation uh, it'll go until 2 o'clock for the program, and everybody is invited. All the ladies are invited to participate in that Lamdenu Yom Hatzmot celebration happening in Teaneck, New Jersey. Again, a congregation Beth Aaron starting Thursday morning right after the JM and the AM Yom Hatzmot celebration. All right, easy way to remember. It ends, and we end, rather, and they begin. Uh, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, and Esther Basar Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We're going to be continuing with our series on Sphira. It says in Vayikra, Hashem says, You shall observe my decrees and laws, which man shall carry out, and by which he shall live. I am Hashem. Rashi points out that the Pasuk is referring to life in Olam Haba, the world to come. The conclusion of the Pasuk signifies Hashem's promise to give each individual his just reward. The Talmud tells us in Kedushan that there is no reward for mitzvahs and good deeds in this world. The payment for mitzvahs performed in this world is conferred in Olam Haba, as Rashi notes. However, the Talmud in Erevin expounds on the posuk that we have in Devarim, and he repays his enemies in his lifetime to make him perish. Hashem does reward His enemies for the mitzvahs and good deeds that they might have done in the world in order that they don't merit Olam Haba. The Chavetz Chaim comments that often when the Pasuk says, I am Hashem, Rashi invokes Hashem's fidelity to reward the individual in Olam Haba. He explains that it is Hashem's unique promise to us comparable to a document of indebtedness that will be executed personally by Hashem Himself. The Medrash Rabban Megillus Rus cites a similar concept. It says that in the past, a person would do a mitzvah and the Navi would record it for posterity. 
Now, Elio Anovi and Mashiach record the good deed. Then Hashem signs the confirmation. Obviously, when the king signs the proclamation to reward someone for his actions on behalf of the king, it would be impossible for the treasury of a small town to compensate him adequately. They simply don't have sufficient funds. The individual will have to travel to the capital city. He'll have to seek compensation from the king's royal treasure house. Similarly, the reward for one who fulfills the mitzvahs of Hashem is so great that it's impossible to pay him satisfactorily in this world. Even more, it's explained that a person's reward for doing a mitzvah is commensurate with the degree of honor and integrity that infuses its performance. The Russia, who may be compelled to do the mitzvah because of pressure or personal benefit, he's not motivated by reverence for Hashem, and therefore he can receive his reward in this world, for it's not incalculable. However, those who follow in Hashem's ways and do the mitzvahs with sincerity and good intentions, their reward is inestimable. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
J.M. in the A.M. Kini Cham done by Ari Goldwag in this uh, a cappella section of our Sphere format. Hashem Melech, that's the Y studs. You heard the YU Maccabees in there with Hamalach. Speaking of YU and Yeshiva University, we get an opportunity to not only welcome Rabbi Brander. That is an opportunity we love taking advantage of. But Rabbi Brander has um, has sent to our studio some amazing uh, student leaders, and we will introduce them to you coming up right here at JMNAM. First, Rabbi Kenneth Brander is with us live via telephone. Rabbi Brander, of course, is the Vice President for University and Community Life at Yeshiva University. Rabbi Brander, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. It's always a pleasure uh, to be with you, be it in person or virtually. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real pleasure. And uh, you have two very special treasures in your, in your studio with you, real serious student leaders who've done a lot for the student population and are continuing to play leadership roles in their own lives. And in the community. Yeah, I'm afraid, and, and and please don't take this the wrong way. I don't want to ignore you during this conversation, but uh, it may be even better than speaking to you about the yeshiva on the air. I get to speak and schmooze with the students who have a first-hand account of how amazing things are on the campuses. So please, don't be insulted, uh, Rabbi. I, I agree with you. Uh, <laughs> you know, the goal of, you know, my goal is to make sure that I'm not needed. <laughs> uh, when it comes to student leadership, because we're blessed to have people like Talia and people like Tovi who do uh, wonderful work uh, as students and as leaders. Well, I have the opportunity to have them in studio, and I'm going to ask you just to hang on as I introduce them to our audience. Uh, Tovi Miller is here. He's from Baltimore, Maryland. He is the Yeshiva College Student Council President, I am told. Mr. Miller, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I appreciate that. Nice to have you here. And Talia Malatsky is here from Chicago, Illinois, and she is the um, a Student Council President at Stern College for Women. Welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. Can I assume you're both seniors? Yes. yes. Can I assume you know that graduation is just a couple of weeks away? Yes. We know it. <laughs> Thank God. They give you the, you're, you're drifting toward graduation. They give you this tough assignment of getting out to Jersey City early in the morning? It's just fine. We're, we're done with classes now, so it's great, to be, it's great to be here. All right. In that case, that's cool. Uh, must be amazing anticipating graduation and finally putting a little bow on this entire collegiate career, huh? Very exciting. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really, it's really wonderful. It's being here. I've been here for four years now, right. and seeing you know my development over the course of four years, and seeing development of an institution over the course of four years, it's really great to finally end and to look back and see all the things that I've accomplished all the amazing things that have happened in the university over the time and to move forward. You know, that. let's start with the broader question, and this is one that always fascinates me because I could tell you, uh, you know, what I saw in my years uh, many, many years ago in terms of the growth of student life and the university in general. Uh, what would you say? How would you answer that question? In the last four years, the university has grown or developed in what way? What would you say? I think, um, and then I'll tell you, I'll tell you, go. I think that the development in student life has been um, a lot more actually student programming, student-generated programming, than when I, when, I, when I first got there. A lot more, um, many more speakers coming in, many more clubs active on campus, um, and so that, that's, been one, that's been one dimension of it. And then a lot of, a lot of really great input from, from faculty and from, from the student life team. Um, that's really been bolstered a lot over the past four years and been a great support system um, for us and really allowed us to really thrive in, in the programming that we do. What would you say, Talia? 
I was going to say along the similar lines of what Tuvi said, um, that I think there's been a lot more communication also between different departments and between um, off the Office of Student Life and Student Life and the administration, and it's been really great also getting to see how much more people are working together um, in terms of making programming that's cohesive with the whole student body. Uh, Rabbi Brander, this is a theme that I think we end up speaking about every time you're with us here at JM in the AM, and it uh, again strikes a chord as I listen to these student leaders speak, and that is that uh, th there's a certain student initiative, not to in any way condemn our generation for how involved we were in leadership activities, but there seems to be some type of student initiative across the board, and one might even say, you know, in our broader Jewish community as well, that is playing a very important role these days. Would you agree? Yes. I mean, I think, I mean, I, I would like to actually concretize some of Talia's and Sylvie's statements. I mean, there's a hundred active clubs on each campus. Wow. Um, the Shabbos experience has significantly grown under their leadership. I mean, and, and it's not just grown in numbers. It's actually grown in a way that's more important. And that is, even though the Yeshiva University population is primarily an Orthodox, a strong Orthodox population, it's diverse. And what we've tried to do over the past few years is to make sure that the Shabbos experience spoke to many different groups simultaneously, that it's not one-size-fits-all. And so many of the initiatives that are happening, the social entrepreneurial initiatives that are happening around campus, whether it's helping, uh, you know, local uh, residents um, who no one in their family has ever gone to college before, our students are showing them how to apply to college, mm. whether it's going out and doing music therapy in hospitals, whether it's teaching science in the local public schools, or, as Talia can tell you because she was there, or it was going on a mission to Israel at a time uh, you know, just a few months ago, where everyone was saying we shouldn't go there, uh, and Talia and the whole group went uh, and, and visited with various different communities that were under stress and under siege to say, Imolanochi, that we're with you. That's what Yeshiva University is all about. It's not just about the fact that U.S. News and World Report just rated us number one in the number one in New York State, number two in the country for our students getting into graduate school. Because YU is not just about teaching for a profession. It's about teaching for a type of life. And Talia and Tovi represent that ideal. Well, they certainly seem to. And, boy, congratulations on those statistics, Rabbi Brander. Uh, Rabbi Kenneth Brander is with us. He's vice president of university and community life at Yeshiva University. And, of course, the student leaders, Tovi Miller, who leads the student council at Yeshiva, and Talia Malatsky, who leads the student council at Stern College for Women, now, my pet project, with all the different things, and you, you heard about the 100 clubs, and I know you know this, and all the different events that are going on, my pet project was radio back in the day when it came to the university campus. Do you have a, a pet project or something that's dear to your heart that you spend even more time on than some of the other things? Um, I can go first. Sure. Um, just like Rabbi Brander was speaking about, um, Shabbat has been something that I've been very passionate about, um, making a really great community on campus. Um, the way that it works is that, at least on the women's campus, is that we have three Shabbatot a month are just women. Um, we have amazing programming. There's wonderful singing going on. We bring in different speakers. Um, we really enjoy just hanging out with each other. We have a campus couple um, who lives on our campus. And then once a month, we have a co-ed Shabbat um, where the men come down on our campus. We have great programming. Um, everything happens within the school building, and people 
really look forward to those Shabbos to get to spend time together and relax together. Um, so what we've been trying to do is make the most effective programming that, again, reaches out to the the widest amount of students that we can, again, as Reverend Vander was saying. Um, so that's been really rewarding, getting to work with, we have a Shabbat Enhancement Committee, um, and people just seem really passionate about making Shabbos better, listening to what the students want, and making it amazing. Yeah, and uh, the people would be, I, I don't want to say surprised, but uh, people might be amazed at the diversity and the different backgrounds people come from, even you know among the observant. And how they come, and, and you know this being from outside of New York, so you've had an even more of an experience like this. They come from a, a, a background that, you know, just has a different, we don't realize how different the Shabbos experiences are, even for all of us who have a Shabbos experience. So that's an amazing project. And Sylvie, what would you say? So my pet project actually happens to be Shabbos as well. <laughs> um, it's quite coincidentally. And the Shabbos experience on the Wilf campus uptown has been actually been a little different. Traditionally, it's been a much more of a yeshiva-centered focus. Um, which has been wonderful. We have Rosh Yeshiva staying in for Shabbos. We have a Tish on a Friday night. Shiuri much about afternoon, and it's been a really impactful experience for a certain uh, for some for a certain number of guys. But as as we've talked about, there's a real diverse di- diversity on campus of Orthodox students, and we tried this year to work really hard to diversify the programming that we have, so that in parallel to a Friday night Tish, there would be a discussion um, at the director of uh, the assistant director of, of housing's apartment about a contemporary issue with a political issue, a social issue in the Jewish community with some with some food and twenty twenty five guys would come and have a more of an informal social conversation. Yeah. This this past this past Shabbat we had we hosted Ellie Leibowitz who's a local comedian who lives in Washington Heights and at the same time there was a tish going on Friday night, he was giving a stand up comedy a kosher stand up comedy routine um, <laughs> in one of the, in one of the student lounges. So really really running parallel programming so that everybody can feel that they have a place um, on campus for Shabbat. We started a new initiative that one of the student council vice presidents named Shua Brick started with a website called Anywhere in the Heights modeled after the website in Israel um, of, of anywhere in Israel. You can, people can sign up to host. People can sign up to, uh, to get meals in the Heights so that people can have meals in apartments even if they don't want to have meals in the, in the right. calf. I think you're hitting on a very important point because, um, uh, again, I think this whole concept of people staying on campus for Shabbos has increased over the years, and obviously an out-of-town population um, you know, uh, assists in making that happen. But, but wouldn't you say, and I know this from my own family experience, that a lot of New Yorkers and New Jerseyans are also hanging out on the campus you know, for a Shabbat, and that is, at least in my day, was very unusual. So more and more, there still are a number who go home, but more and more guys um, are, are staying in for Shabbat, whether because they live in the apartments, but more because they enjoy the Shabbat programming on the campus, which is really great to see. It's not, it's not, it's not understood that they necessarily would do that. It's really gratifying to see that the changes we've made have drawn them to campus. Hey, Rabbi Brander, what's it like having two student leaders whose agenda is Shabbat? Well, you know, when your agenda is also Shabbat, it's wonderful. But I, I want to just highlight again, you know, you're talking about YU's challenge used to be the following. In, on secular campuses, you only do Jewish on Shabbat. You don't do Jewish, you know, uh, seven days a week. Right. You know, we're, we're going to have a Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaZmood program. We'll have a thousand kids at the Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaZmood program, and there will not be a BDS rally outside of the Yom HaZmood, Yom HaZikaron program. Thank God. There will be 30 students in the audience who were soldiers in the IDF, right. uh, but there won't be a BDS rally, you know, outside. So when you have a, a campus that does Jewish seven days a week, how do you make sure that you still capture a Shabbos experience? Mm-hmm. And what has been done with the leadership, uh, the student leaderships, because without them, 
you can have all the ideas in the world. If it's not their idea, it's not going to happen. But also, I think with the student life, uh, you know, professionals, we have really worked hard to create a diversified student uh, shoppers experience. What Toby mentioned about the incoming president of SOI, Shua Brick, anywhere in the Heights, we have created a website in partnership with the student leaders that allows students to have Shabbos at a young couple's house. There's over 280 young couples at, you know, on the YU campus. And it's, it's a wonderfully run website. My hope is that it gets to a point where it's not just that a student could go anywhere in the Heights, but a student who wants to go to the five towns or the lower east side for Shabbos can pick a place that there is an alum from those areas that we've checked out and that's appropriate for our students to be at and expand the bandwidth of those experiences for our students. But again, what Tuzi and what Talia have helped create just allows us to have hundreds of students on campus, on Shabbos, and thousands involved in a Jewish experience and other experiences throughout the year, throughout would, the week. I would bet a lot of this uh, has really come to fruition and has grown because of social media and technology, uh, something that you guys don't know what it's like to live without. But I can tell you <laughs> it was much different when you tried to arrange programs and depended on flyers and people walking by and seeing the information and remembering it and then taking it with them to call. They, we didn't have phones on, on our person at that time in order to do that. So all this helps, and it's amazing that you're able to use all those tools to advance all of this and to make it one big community. Are you involved? Is student leadership involved in these Yomazikaron Yomatsmud programs? Yes, it's actually... No, um, they, they run them. Tell me about it. Yeah, definitely. We have um, student council representatives who are basically running the Yoms. They work hand-in-hand -hand with the administration, um, but it's very much student-driven, student-led. Um, they've been contacting the speakers. Like Rabbi Brander said, we're having um, many former members of the IDF who are now um, right. Yeshiva University students. Cool. Um, they're compiling a video, and they're coming to speak, and they're going to be there in a big part of the day, you know, something that we always want to capture. Um, we're not in Israel, but experiencing Yom Hatzmut the best way that we can, and this is the best way that the students felt that they wanted to do this. It, it's such an amazing way to commemorate Yom Hazikaron first, because we're having Ron Weinrich tomorrow, the uh, former tank commander for the IDF, and I, I anticipate that he'll bring to us a real personal message when it comes to Israel Memorial Day. And you on the campus have colleagues you have colleagues, fellow students and alums who uh, you know know what it's like to lose friends and to be involved in in activities that are you know life threatening, which is going to be a very meaningful part of the day. You know, it really creates a much more of an intimate experience. We're also having Mr. Stephen Flato come oh, as, as, wow. as, a, as a keynote speaker, which yeah. is going to be very you know impactful in a, in a really more of an intense way. Lost his daughter in a terrorist right, attack. Right, terrorist attack. Right, and and it'll be, but he's something he speaks about yep. regularly and has a real real message that he's honed and he's crafted oh, yeah. over the years to to deliver to us. We're really looking forward to that. And Yom Atzmut, Israel Independence Day, there'll be a big celebration. Big celebration. We have a. a a big, uh, we call it Tekes Ma'avar, but uh, there's a big Yom Hazikaron um, right. program, um, which then transitions into a big Chagiga, where there's going to be a lot of dancing, and there's going to be music. During the day, we have um, both a respective women's and um, men's Yomiyun, so we're going to have all different Yeshiva University professors coming to speak, um, give over lessons and shirim to students, and in the afternoon, there's going to be a big barbecue. A big barbecue. It's going to yeah. be, a, it's <laughs> it's gonna be, it's be awesome. Awesome. Isn't that the most Israeli you could be? That is the most Israeli you exactly. can be. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, mangal. You have, to, you have to make sure to barbecue on Yom Ha'atzmut, that's for sure. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Manope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial broadcast 
broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org, or by Kenneth Branders with us. He's Vice President of University and Community Life at Yeshiva University. He has sent to our studio two amazing representatives, Toby Miller from Baltimore, Maryland, and Talia Malatsky of Chicago, Illinois, both respective uh, student uh, presidents, student council presidents at Yeshiva College and Stern College for Women. Uh, Rabbi Brander, it's uh, it's almost graduation day. Uh, how about your evaluation of how this school year has gone, both from an administrative point of view and from the student's point of view? Well, I can't answer from the student's point of view. That's why you have students there. <laughs> Since I'm not there, they can say whatever they want. <laughs> but the bottom line is, uh, I think it's been a wonderful it's been a wonderful year. Um, students have grown um, in their professional in the professions that they're seeking. They've been involved in extracurricular activities, which, again, as we've said before, um, is part and parcel of the university experience. You know, Nachum, that Yeshiva University is a wonderful yet complicated tapestry, uh, and, you know, the weave itself has tension in it. But we have wonderful students who have grown in their Torah knowledge but have also understood that the way we communicate about understanding HaKadosh Baruch who is not just through the conversation with Ravina and Ravashi and the Gemara, but also the conversation that they learn about economics, about mathematics, about science. This is you know, the philosophy of our Rebbe, of the Rav. Uh, this is the philosophy of the Rambam. And I think when you see more and more students each finding their own way and each finding their own unique Calling, you know, Talia and Tovi are student leaders, but they're very different, um, and they, but they find their own unique ways. And Nachum, if I may, just go back to the Yomot Smut uh, Yomot Zikaron uh, program. Sure. I saw the video last night at around, uh, or actually, uh, technically, uh, early this morning, around 2 a.m. And you know, after the students see it, I think it's an important video um, that others share uh, with their constituencies. Because it really reminds you about the unique character of members of the IDF. In this case, it's a, it's YU students, both men and women, who served in the IDF. But it, it just reminds you of the unique character of very young people who've done so much in such a short period of time. Is this video accessible to us? I mean, are we... It, it, it will be. It will be. We will be sending it to you. Let us know. I assume that uh, we have no problem. Uh, you have no problem if we share it with the audience. So no, please let us know. Definitely. Anything we can... Mo- yeah, I'm sorry. It'll be a moving thing, I think, for anyone in your audience uh, to listen to it. It's only three minutes. Anything that we could do to enhance uh, Yoma Zikaron and Yomatsmut outside of Israel, we try our best to do. Um, so, four years have ended, and now you're moving on. May I get personal and ask you what you're moving on to, or is that not public information? Talia? Sure. I wish I had a... a Totally concrete answer, but we have a wonderful uh, <laughs> we have a wonderful graduate program in advanced Talmud studies through Shiva University. Um, so you spend two years. Women have the opportunity to spend two years learning Gemara um, in depth, um, sitting in the Beit Midrash all day next to stu- undergraduate students, learning from some of our amazing um, Gemara Gemara teachers. Um, so I'm very much looking into that. Um, Where did you go to high school? I went to Ida Crown Jewish Academy. And then after that, and then MMY in Israel, both wonderful institutions. Rabbi Brand, do you hear the path that Talia? on? Yeah, considering that I have the privilege of directing that program with uh, Mrs. Price, um, I'm very happy <laughs> that we'd be blessed to have Talia there. Um, it's a wonderful program. We have 22 women in the program. 
the vast majority of them, are over 100 of them who, are gradu- who have graduated, are playing leadership roles in the community. Um, and, you know, as you heard from Talia, Talia, uh, as she grows her Gomorrah skills and she grows her, just her Torah Lishma knowledge, uh, please God will continue to, to step, to follow in their footsteps. And as you can see, she has her own unique charisma and she'll do, she'll, She'll be a wonderful addition to the Jewish community's leadership. You think it'll be Dr. Malotsky one day, Talia? Hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> one, one step at a time. <laughs> and, yeah, that's true. I uh, didn't mean to rush you. Tommy Miller, and what is your path after so graduating? I'll be, I'll be in Smicha next year, Very studying nice. to, be a, to be a rabbi and also be a fellow at SAR High School, working, uh, working with the students there. The goal is, is education in the, in the future, to be a, to be a teacher Have they given you specifics about your task there yet or not? So, yeah, I'm going to be working with different Gemara and Tanakh classes, giving supplementary chaburot to the kids over the course of the week in the baby drash, TAing for certain classes, sitting on um, pedagogy seminars with some of the teachers, and then if, if any of the teachers go on maternity, Leave or, or, you know, or where for conferences, we could actually substitute for some of the classes. And where were you in high school? I went to Yeshivat Rambam in uh, Baltimore. And then? Uh, Yeshivat Haaretzion for two years. Oh, wow. He's a gush guy, Rabbi Brad, there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I got four of my own children that are gush children, so uh, I resonate with both Shalom where I went to as well as gush. Yeah, well, it's an amazing place, and uh, this me. Uh, Toby mentions the smicha program. Is it booming these days? Is it bursting at the seams? How would you describe it? I mean, I think there are sixty students in each class, and there are four classes. Um, Two hundred and forty students in the rabbinical school. I have the privilege of teaching in the rabbinical school. Uh, those who are in their final years and are going into pulpit, it's a one-year class I give in successful synagogues. But what I've seen under the leadership of Rabbi Penner, that we continue to innovate. So while we're teaching rabbis already in the field through the Center for the Jewish Future, we bring back the information that we learned from those experiences, and we are constantly redoing the rabbinical school to match the experiences that we're seeing. We're, we're placing 30 rabbis around the country this year. So we're pretty much on top of the, of the communities. So when you learn that, and then you go back to the rabbinical school, and you change the rabbinical school based on those experiences, Rabbi Tenner has done an exceptional job of making sure that the rabbinical school continues to remain cutting edge. And the uh, cutting edge, it can't be overstated how important that is, because not only are we in such a fast-moving, ever-changing world, at a moment's notice we see how things change, but in addition to that, the issues of the day are issues that have not been faced by our community, I would probably say, either in centuries or ever. And, uh, or I, think it's or, I think it's or ever. Yeah. But the fact that now the Furkoff Graduate School of Psychology is about to launch a certificate program for rabbinical students. So that our students don't just can, you know, can sit and learn all day, and also we find time for them to get a certificate program uh, in, in pastoral counseling. That is convening the resources of Yeshiva University in ways to serve our students as well as the community in a way that, that no other university, no other academic institution, no other Yeshiva uh, can do. Pretty amazing. Uh, Nachum, I, I think it's also important to recognize that while Talia and Tobi, you know, have decided in fields of Jewish community work, we're going to have hundreds of students that are, are going to go into... Um, entrepreneurial experiences beginning next year. We're going to have students, it's, we have north of like 92% acceptance rate into the graduate schools of their choice. 
Yeshiva University is uh, services the community in many ways, and one of the ways we do that is by creating wonderful lay leaders who become the next generation of doctors, the next generation of, of entrepreneurs, the next generation of accountants, a uh, group of students who will be making Aliyah. You know, YU is not just a place in which people go into Jewish community work, although that's critical and essential. It's a place that grooms you for all types of positions. And as Toby and Talio can tell you, that many of their friends have decided on those career paths. Yeah, if we lined up uh, 20 years' worth of student council presidents, we'd probably have a very diverse <laughs> uh, sure. career choices, I would bet. Anything you guys want to add to that, Talia? Um, just uh, on the heels of what Rabbi Brander said, um, in terms of just seeing where people are going from now on and using technology, we just had a hackathon that was very well attended. We probably had about 80 students there. Who Our very own Matis Weingast <laughs> covered it this past Sunday. Ah, yeah. Okay, yeah. very nice. Yes, yeah, so it was 24 hours. Um, it was incredible. And these students are going on. Many of them, we have a program called Tamid where you can go and work in different fields um, and spend either a summer in Israel or help you with um, with networking and different jobs to get there. Um, but we also have people working at J.P. Morgan next year. We have people doing computer programming. Um, we have people going into all different kinds of things. Um, at least on the Barron campus, which is the, the women's campus, right. um, we now have we now have a computer science major just to see that there's interest from students um, in using technology uh, to shape the future. It's really amazing. A lot of these same programs are run uptown as well. There's also right. another program that's a little bit more Jewish-oriented but really extends beyond that. It's a program called Halakhapedia, where different students write Halakhic articles are reviewed by certain Rosh Yeshiva and are put online with the goal of really uh, compiling an encyclopedia of uh, different psychalacha. I, for, I forget who started it. I, I think Ike Sultan. I, yes, yeah, yes. I, I, Ike Sultan started it. It's really, it's it's really, it's really uh, t- it taken off. It's really, it's really uh, done quite well. So well, he put he years into it. that. He really has. It's yeah. been really great. Amazing. Well, we we have uh, we're finishing conversations with the governor's office about having a incubator project at Yeshiva University for new incubators, new incubating projects in Israel, where our students would work with those new startups. Um, and it's basically an incubator farm. Our students would work with those new startups, get the experience that's important, while supporting Israel at the same time. So it will be an incubator farm located um, at Yeshiva University under the leadership of Mike of Michael Strauss, of Dean Michael Strauss. Um, where our students will be employed by startups in Israel um, and will uh, will grow their skills, their technological skills, as well as serving these new startups in Israel. Oh, amazing. A lot of great things going on, to say the least. Um, I thank you. I thank uh, Ray Brander. I thank Toby Miller. I thank uh, Talia Malatsky. Uh, did you keep to your commitment? Did you keep to your uh, campaign pledge of a year ago? To uh, I'm pretty pretty sure I did. Yeah, of yeah. course. I'm, I'm pretty. Uh, we're, they really, most they of the really goals did, were, uh, were and they understood God. that sometimes when you keep to your campaign pledges, which they did, uh, sometimes it's not always about being popular. Sometimes <laughs> it's about achieving the goals yeah, that they wanted sure. to achieve for the students. Uh, Talia, were you able to keep your uh, campaign promises and come through for everybody? I hope so, yes. <laughs> and I'm uh, passing the leadership on to a, to a wonderful uh, someone who was on our board who is the treasurer and is now going to be the president. Um, I think we're really happy to have new blood, but also someone who's familiar with what's going on. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. I think we're looking forward to hopefully what we're going to see is a great new year. Well, who are the new presidents? Uh, on, ta- on TAC, which is, our, which is our student council, we have Hoodie Rosenberg. 
From where? I'm always fascinated by the geography <laughs> of the Jewish world. Where's she from? From Queens, New York, oh. and we also have uh, two other presidents um, who I who one's from L.A. and the other one I think is also from the tri-state area. Very nice. And on the men's campus, the student organization of Yeshiva SOY, which is the, I'm the outgoing president of Shua Brick from West Hempstead, is going to be the incoming uh, incoming president and presidents of the other councils um, from Teaneck and from uh, and, and from mostly from Teaneck actually. From well represented. Well huh? represented. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have to worry about the country being well represented up at Yeshiva University. Not at all. For sure. Thank you, Toby Miller. Thank you, Talia Malatsky. A pleasure meeting you both. Our pleasure. You Thanks too. so much Thank for having you. us. Yeah. And enjoy Yamatzmut. I assume there's nothing like a Yamatzmut Chagiga up at Yeshiva University. So enjoy. There's, there's nothing like that outside of the state of Israel. All right, that's what I meant, Rabbi. Of course. <laughs> and Rabbi Brander, it's always a delight to speak with you. We look forward to your next Thank visit you, to our studio. And be proud. A couple of weeks from now, these students and many others will be graduating and will have certainly have had four amazing years courtesy of uh, uh, the wonderful people up at uh, Yeshiva University, and I'm sure you are very proud. We are. We all are. Thank you so much for joining us today. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM. He was a 40-year-old man, Akiva was his name, no scholar, he no saint, a shepherd by his trade. But one day he went down to the riverside, he saw crevice stones from the water's tide, and he, and he fell, fell the, 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 the strangling
Oh, 
corner stands a Jew. And he's crying for his child is going to war. And the tears are flowing like water. He stands and he prays to his father in heaven. J.M. and the A.M. Acapella, uh, some selections that are acapella for the uh, middle part of our sphere of format here at J.M. and the A.M. Day 17, <coughs> excuse moi, day 17 in the counting of the Omer. Day 17, it's two weeks and three days. You heard Leif Tahar with Inavinkala, the Chevra with Imeshkachech. Here at J.M. and the A.M. Uh, NSN app gives you the ability to comment on anything going on during the show. Um... So feel free to comment away. Got a note from Uri Polachowski. Uh, Rabbi Polachowski writes, Something amazing is happening at our yeshiva. Yeshiva at Migdal HaTorah is hosting a bar mitzvah for one of their Talmidim. Isaiah converted to Judaism two years ago, never had a bar mitzvah. Studying hard, will read from the Torah for the first time this coming Thursday, and they are expecting a massive crowd. It's Yeshivat Migdal HaTorah in Modi'in, a small American gap year program. Rabbi Polachowski is a Rebbe there, and we uh, give them a shout-out and wish Isaiah a very special Mazal Tov from all of us here at uh, JM in the AM. Oh, yes. Uh, cloudy skies, a high temperature of 61. Tonight begins Yom HaZikaron. Tonight begins Israel Memorial Day. We will commemorate and remember those who uh, fell in wars and terror attacks for the state of Israel and for the safety and security of Jews around the world uh, by uh, having an Israel Memorial Day program tomorrow here at JMNAM. Ron Weinreich, former tank commander for the IDF, is going to be in studio here at JMNAM. Very much looking forward to it. It will enhance our Yom HaZikaron. He joins us tomorrow. Ron Weinreich, former tank commander, IDF, in studio tomorrow here at JM in the AM. It should be fascinating. On Thursday, Mayor Weingarten will join me. We'll celebrate Israel's 68th birthday like only we can. We will celebrate Israel's 68th birthday, a Yom Hatzmod, Israel Independence Day celebration. It'll be uh, coming at you, as we say. It'll be happening uh, starting at 6 o'clock in the morning, and I hope you'll join us on Thursday for all the festivities. Nothing like Yom Hatzmod here at JM in the AM. Make sure to join us. 
and uh, be part of it. Want to again um, uh, commend those who are in charge of the JEC Jewish Educational Center Facebook page. JEC, the Jewish Educational Center in Elizabeth, has posted some amazing photos in advance of next week's 75th anniversary dinner. I mean, some some just just some wonderful wonderful things. Uh, so you can check that out on their Facebook page. And we remind you that the dinner is coming up eight days from now. Get your reservations in and help JEC celebrate 75 amazing years. We say congratulations from all of us here at JM and the AM. Reminder, the Mizrahi, Apollo Mizrahi on the Lower East Side of Manhattan is going to be conducting its Tfilat uh, Arvit Beruach Chagigi tomorrow night starting at 8 p.m. at the Mizrahi, followed by uh, Rob Muchnik from uh, Manigut Yehudit who's going to be speaking. That's all ha- plus, of course, a collation in honor of Yom Ha'atzmut. That's all happening tomorrow night at the Mizrahi, 249 East Broadway on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Make sure to be tuned in, <laughs> to be tuned in. Make sure to come on down <laughs> and join the festivities, both for tefillah and for the presentation. It's always a great way to celebrate Yom Ha'atzmut outside of Israel. So that's happening um, uh, tomorrow night beginning at 8 p.m. at the Mizrahi on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Barry Weber is next. You're listening to JM in the AM. JM in the AM, that's Barry Weber from the Fambreng CD here at JM in the AM. Ruchama Klapman is with us live via telephone. Many of you are familiar with her work. She directs Mask Mothers and Fathers Aligned Saving Kids. Many of us, especially those of us who pay careful attention to all the news in the Jewish world, know there's a tremendous amount of pain out there and that um, 
prevention and awareness are two very important items to discuss, and Ruchama will give us some uh, detail on that. Ruchama Klapman, Mask, Mothers and Fathers Aligned Saving Kids. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Good morning, Nachum. Thank you. Um, you're approaching 20 years at this. This coming February, as you mentioned to me off the air, is going to be the 20th anniversary of the founding of a mask, and uh, I don't know if you thought 20 years ago that uh, things would things would go the way they have over these last two decades. A uh, lot of a uh, lot of things happening in our community that uh, that need to be addressed. That's for sure, and thank God, mask is out there addressing them. Um, I mentioned both prevention and awareness. Give us an update. Tell us, uh, maybe vaguely, depending on what you want to say on the air, what is going on out there and what our community needs to know. So thank you for bringing this to the air to your listeners. Yes, 20 years ago, it's going to be 20 years. I never thought that things would be going the way they are, unfortunately. I mean, really, really, really horrible that there have been 64 deaths overdoses of young people since this past Rosh Hashanah. Now we're from community. The, the Klau is really needs to recognize that there is an issue out there where Baruch Hashem have so many fantastic organizations that Mass collaborates with. There's help out there for parents whose children are involved with drugs, alcohol, whether it's an eating disorder, whether there's gambling involved. The main message that I have is don't wait until things are really, really out of control to make the call. People can call our helpline from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. The number is 718-758-0400. And we can help people get to the right uh, organization, therapist, rabbi, inpatient, outpatient. We have uh, any mental health issues that we need to address. We can get some therapists. I'm a board member, Nachum, for Nefesh International, which is over 750 from therapists around the world. Uh, we need to get to understand that prevention is the most important thing we need to address today. Parents need to uh, make the calls earlier. Um, in elementary school age children, Nahum, parents can recognize when their kids are having issues in school. They say small kids, small problems, big kids, bigger problems. Address the issues younger. If your kid doesn't have friends on Shabbos, they have socialization issues, that hurts. And these pains, these issues, whatever they are, learning disabilities, um, uh, any trauma, molestation, any issues that happen to kids when they're young, go with them as they get older if they're not addressed properly. So the main message is prevention. Please call 718 758-0400 when you know that you have something that your child is dealing with and you can call anonymous you don't have to give your name 
And if masks cannot help you, we can give you, we're a referral agency. We yeah. have support groups for parents. Our support groups are facilitated by therapists. And tonight happens to be one of them by Dr. Trish Atiyah, uh in Brooklyn. Uh, but we can hook up people wherever they live. We get calls from around the world. Ruchama Clapman is with us live via telephone mask. Mothers and fathers aligned saving kids. Uh, often some of the things that you um, that you mention, often they are, excuse the pun, often they are masked in that the parents, you know, who, who might in fact either during or after feel guilty about certain things really don't know what is going through the mind and heart of their child. Sometimes these things are very difficult to detect. That is why I am an admirer of your appeal to the person directly, whether it's a teenager or somebody in their 20s, 30s, or any age. Uh, they have to realize that very often the people around them are not picking up certain signals or, or, or are not understanding what is happening, and that if they... And that if they themselves pick up the phone, that's how, that's where the help can start. You, under, yes. you understand my point, right? Absolutely. And sometimes a parent can't help, help their own child, a neighbor, a rabbi, a friend. We can help uh, get other people involved in someone with the help of the parents. We can help them identify who could help their child. So the main thing is to make the call, reach out for help, and if math can't help, we'll, we'll guide them to the right people that can help. And I want to again just say our number, 718-758-0400. At Mask, we say if you change the music in your home, your child's dance steps could change. So whatever you may be doing, and if it's not working, Reach out, learn something new in order to help your child again get healthy. That is a that is a confidential hotline. We should emphasize again if somebody out there is in a type of situation of desperation or near desperation. If you don't wait for desperation, correct. that's our message. We don't want you to wait for desperation. We want people to call when the kids are younger to prevent them from getting into desperation stages. We're burying four kids were buried since uh, Shabbos Pesach till today. So we don't, we don't want to bury children. We want children to get the help they need early on. Wow, that's a chilling statistic. Uh, the confidential hotline at Mask is uh, 718-758-0400, 718-758-0400. People could still support your efforts through the website. How did they do that? Yes, uh, maskparents.org. Be our partner in saving lives. Maskparents.org. Yes, thank you, Nahum. Ruchama Klapman, uh, always nice speaking with you, and uh, hopefully one day we can uh, we can report some really, really positive news. Yes, there, there thank you. A lot of people out there to help. Thank you. Ruchama Klapman of Mask, maskparents.org, the confidential hotline for anybody out there who would like to take advantage of their offer to help with prevention and to increase awareness, maybe in an area that you're not familiar with, but one that could help with your own child or with somebody that you care about. 
718 This is JM in the AM.
Before that, Ari Goldwag with Agil. 14 minutes before 9 o'clock, JM and the AM coming up at 9, OU Jewish Reaction Show. Rabbi Avi Berman, Steve Savitsky both join me during the hour uh, between 9 and 10 o'clock. OU Jewish Reaction Show coming up at 9 on jmtheam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. Tomorrow it is Yom Zikaron and Ron Weinreich, former tank commander for the IDF, is going to be joining us live in studio. Yom Zikaron Israel Memorial Day is tomorrow. Join us. Be inspired. Thursday is Yom Atzmaud, our 68th birthday for the State of Israel celebration happening here on a Thursday morning. Make sure to be tuned in for that. Want to wish a mazel tov to Shmuel Aaron Horowitz. His bar mitzvahs took place last night. Shmuel Aaron Horowitz, mazel tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. I saw an email that described the uh, list of people who were included in the brand new Nefesh B'Nefesh video. As Israel celebrates its 60th Independence Day on Wednesday night, Nefesh B'Nefesh has launched an emotionally charged video to accompany the joyous occasion and showcase the human mosaic of Israel. It's nbn.org.il slash yom ha'atzma'ut. nbn.org.il slash yom ha'atzma'ut. From war hero to farmer, teacher to midwife, the video tells the story of the everyday heroes that epitomize what makes Israeli society unique. The strength of its immigrants. Israel's human mosaic illustrates both the diversity of Olim and those who've dedicated their lives to securing and building the state of Israel. The video pulls its title with these hands from the Naomi Shemer song written for Yehoram Gaon, Odlo Ahafti Dai, and emphasizes the building of the state, a project which began over 68 years ago and continues today. Those featured in the video include Captain Ziv Shilon, who was seriously injured by an explosion on the Gaza border in 2012. The story of his recovery has made Shilon into a household name in Israel. Rena Raps, a newlywed made Aliyah from the U.S. in 2014 on her 20th birthday with the dream of starting and raising a family in the Jewish state. Marta Weiss, a Holocaust survivor who at a young age survived Auschwitz, among other horrific encounters. And last January, on International Holocaust Remembrance Day, she represented the state of Israel at the U.N. in an emotionally charged appeal never to forget. Shmuel Zambrina, 25-year-old soldier from Spain who served in the Nachal Brigade. Hannah Divon, recently retired after 53 years of working as a midwife at Shari Tzedek Medical Center, delivering nearly 40,000 babies over the course of her career, including her own granddaughter and great-granddaughter. Wow. <laughs> Rabbi David Tversky, who immigrated to Israel in 2013, now lives in Yerushalayim, made Aliyah to live out the aspirations and dreams of his parents and grandparents. And Shachar Nitzan, a third-generation farmer from Ein Vered, studied agriculture in Rehovot and is farming the same land that his father and grandfather worked before him. These are the uh, seven people featured in the brand new Nefesh Benefesh video. It is inspiring, as you would suspect. A lot of people have already posted on Facebook, including me. It's in my profile, so you can check that out. And um, it is really uh, an amazing tribute to the history of the state of Israel as we approach the 68th birthday of the state of Israel. 68th birthday. Unbelievable. Make sure to join us as we celebrate this coming uh, Thursday right here at JM in the AM. Nachum Stark is next, 10 minutes before 9 o'clock. Good morning, it's JM in the AM.
JM in the AM with Nachum Stark and Ritzay here at JM in the AM. Uh, this coming Sunday, the fifth annual Arevut Breakfast is taking place. This coming Sunday, our congregation B'nai Yashurin on West Englewood Avenue in Teaneck, New Jersey. Arevut invites you to their fifth annual breakfast. Uh, they are recognizing L- Lillian Pravda with the Young Leadership Award and Jay Feinberg with the Community Leadership Award. Come recognize these modern Jewish heroes for their leadership and contributions to the community and world at large. It's coming Sunday starting at 9.30. For information about uh, Arevut uh, and about the breakfast, you can call 201-244-6702, 201-244-6702. Or you can uh, email info at arevut.org, info at arivut.org. That's up there, by the way, in our community calendar. If you go to jmam.org, click on community calendar, you will see that, and you'll see a whole bunch of uh, other information as well regarding events going on in the area. Wrapping things up with Leif Tahar on a Tuesday at JM in the AM.
brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM Dial Broadcasting Live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Wraps up our Tuesday here at JM in the AM. Don't forget, tomorrow, Yom HaZikaron, Israel Memorial Day. We'll have appropriate programming and special guests in studio here at JM in the AM. That starts at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Make sure to be tuned in. Make sure to be tuned into our stream all day long on this, uh, all day, all to our programming all day long on the stream at jmtheam.org. That's jmtheam.org to enjoy all of our great programming in our Sphera format. Have a fabulous Tuesday. Until tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. <laughs>